0: Hey guys, it's Hillary. This episode is about B-Stars, which is a series produced by Netflix in 2019. It's about anthropomorphized animals, often in adult situations, and contains several allegories to real-life atrocities, such as child trafficking and the sentience of animals meant to be consumed as meat. All of these topics, though not discussed in great detail, are touched upon in our discussion. If these things trigger or unsettle you, feel free to skip this one. We won't be offended. We also make light fun of drama majors and furries. Listen, we met at theater camp, so we're really making fun of ourselves. And if you're a furry, don't worry. We still love you. It's just not our thing. All that being said, thanks for continuing to listen and enjoy. Hello, furries and weeaboos. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible. And that's okay. I'm Hillary. And I'm Megan. And today we are covering, as might have been indicated by my lovely intro, um, the fantastical dancing
1: with the B stars, Um, (laughs) a.k.a. Zootopia. If it was written in Japan, (laughs) honestly, it's Zootopia, but horny. Yeah, no, it's it's Zootopia, but like somebody was like, "I like what they have here. Let's take it, make it more for adults." Exactly.
0: What's uh, so? so you have a little background on this manga. It's, uh, it's, we watched the anime, but it originated as a manga and it's like 200 chapters strong. This, this girl is just going. Um, because I hate everything and life is terrible, um, Paro I, um, Itagaki, yes, Paro Itagaki is, uh, was born in 1993.
1: Oh, no. 19- no. Why did you tell me that now? 1993? 1993? <laughs> yeah. As in 9... Th- oh, my God. They've... Per- oh, my God. Okay, we've got to stop the episode immediately. What? Somebody born in 1993 has an anime that they... I- I've got to go home. I'm already here.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, fucking... um, Fucking Timothy Chalamet is, like... Twenty-five. I will like... give
1: actors like okay, you know, all right, actors. Not that it's a hard job, but like creating and drawing and writing your own story and getting that story published to up to two hundred chapters and getting that published from uh, not just manga but into an anime in Japan and then and then have it taken by Netflix that's some kind of levels of accomplishment that's like, in my head, I'm like, damn, I'll never be that successful. (laughs) And what's really interesting is that
0: she achieved this on her own, despite being the daughter of a very famous uh, mangaka. Um, Yes, yes, I
1: heard that.
0: Yeah, and she... Did not establish this connection between the two of them to the press until she was already successful because she was like, I didn't want people to uh, to accuse me of nepotism, which is like fair.
1: Um. I mean, that's absolutely fair. I feel like uh, in manga, though. I mean, so this uh, this is only me speaking as like what I'm into. Um, I usually like a specific mangaka. Like, if 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 uh, so, like the guy who wrote Love Hina also wrote Negima, and I liked Love mm-hmm. Hina, so I was gonna read Negima. But if like his his uh his daughter or something, like, you know, a few years later was like, I've also released a harem of stuff. I'd be like, Yeah, I'll probably check it out at some point, but it wouldn't be enough for to drive me to it. For me, manga's always been based on recommendations and with B stars, it was something that like I know when it hit Netflix everyone was like, Everyone watch this and I'm like, I will give it a year
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I'm kinda of the same way with like a lot of stuff. I'm very much a person who will follow who will like a thing and then follow that thing like for like and things created by that person like i
1: bring up my chemical romance every time (laughs) yeah i mean Um, that i mean that's a good example though because gerard is you know in my chem you love my chem you also like umbrella academy and you know different solo projects that gerard has done which makes sense but it's all originating from the same person
0: yeah exactly if like his daughter came out with
1: something i probably wouldn't check it out. Um. It's not to say that it would be bad inherently, but it wouldn't be enough to drive uh, a a fan base to be created off of his previous fan base.
0: Yeah, Um, but uh, I feel like with, um, I mean, you and I, I feel like have the sort of logical approach about it. Whereas, um, say like your average person, would be like or your your average man let's be real um would be like oh she's a young woman and she's successful must be because of her dad huh and which is bullshit, but it, it's how it works unfortunately
1: yeah i'd have to i mean that's the thing with like manga in uh japan is it's just something where like most of the time when i bought something i'm like this cover looks great <laughs> Sometimes- <laughs> look at this Sometimes you can judge a book
0: by its cover. The first anime, um, the first manga, actually, that I really read, um, you and I had a discussion about this like earlier this week, Um, X1999, which is an old clamp manga that was never finished, um, had amazing art on the cover. So I was like, I'm gonna sit in Walden books or Borders,
1: I think. I think it was Borders. The whole thing. I mean, that's that was how it worked. And like with B stars, like I will admit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come out right now and say the controversial statement. I'm not a big fan of furry things. Uh, Like my cat, I love. If somebody were to anthropomorphize my cat in a way that like gave him a voice and like a personality and like some deep dark backstory, I'd be like, all right, let's have a sit down. Why did you do this? Um, Because I like treating animals. Like, like you know, animals, majestic, amazing creatures that we will never know the inner workings and functions of. But, I'm also acknowledging the fact that throughout humanity's history we've used fables to convey important moral lessons, and we use animals because animals don't have a skin color necessarily, so a lot more people can relate to an animal as a driving factor of a story in terms of your main character than if you were to mm-hmm. gender or, uh, you know, give your particular character a nationality.
0: Yeah, I think the um, the anthropomorphization of characters um, provides a lot more variety because there are only so many different types of human, but there's like a million kajillion animals. Exactly. So, um, a lot of people,
1: people meaning, Furries <laughs> We're not, Listen I'm not trying to Listen I'm not here to tell you like hey I don't like You it's just like hey it's not my bag You
0: know no exactly That's kind of I think that's like sort of the deer Fandom official opinion Yeah it's like <laughs> hey I don't
1: hate you But if you ask me to like put on a Fursuit and go to a convention I'd be like eh, hey, you know what I'll be fine I'll take pictures we'll have fun Are you gonna are you like just, I just don't Want to wear one <laughs> There's like I mean I feel like, uh, there's,
0: uh, to, to kind of go with the example that I was going to go with, um, before go hopping to my next point, um, a lot of furries cite, um, Robin Hood as their first kind of gateway into, like, like, anthropomorphizing animals and sort of like regarding animals with human traits, like and morphing those two worlds because those those animals in that movie are very expressive and you know like No,
1: you're it's absolutely a, true. There's a arrow, there's a villain, it's very easy for children to understand. Exactly. And it's a children's movie, which is the main like crux of like the reason it's so easy and I think the reason it's aged so well is because like so the idea of Robin Hood being a fox, Little John being a bear, um King John as a tiger was you know a good choice because he has his snake advisor um he's uh, what, a lion i thought oh no no i thought is the he lion, a tiger he's a tiger lion oh, um okay. king richard iii is the lion oh i'm because yeah. he's king richard the Lionheart, and that made like the people at disney were like because i think this was during their second dark age and they're like we've got to make him good but also to be fair disney has also done a lot of the animal movies they had done the aristocats they did uh Oof. I love the Aristocats because my mom is obsessed with cats. So she'd be like, "Okay, kids, we're gonna watch the Aristocats again," and I'd be like, "Okay." The Aristocats
0: is a rough watch, though. Like later, I mean, it's it's got it's got
1: you know that one horrifically racist scene. But uh, excuse me, if Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley (laughs) is not the best fucking person in the entire world, and also to segue into B stars, the voice of Phil Harris to be chosen specifically for a lot of these animal characters really helped bring depth and love to these characters. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here because I was talking about how much I love uh, uh, Japanese with subs, but I decided to watch this in English because I was like, I'm gonna do my work in the background. Uh, and the voices that they have chosen are for like, so, I mean, not to, I guess we're gonna have to go into the plot for a a second, but the voices are amazingly well done. They're so good. I, I'm going to tell you, though, that Haru's voice, so Haru's the, the main bunny Haru's character.
0: Voice. I'm, gonna,
1: I'm have... gonna tell you that Haru voices this thing named Chirithi in the Kingdom Hearts series. And Chirithi oh. is like a stuffed cat. And when Sora dies, Chirithi is like St. Peter at the gates. Uh, Sora dies like 15 times, and Chirithi, every time, is like, you're back again? So that definitely is just something, because everything relates back to Kingdom Hearts for me. Uh, you can't be for, <laughs> um, for
0: coverage on Kingdom Hearts, refer to episodes 13 and 14 of Dear Fandom thank you continue
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh her voice is the same like it's it's just a very like oh wow like it's just it's so it's so innocent which makes sense because she's a bunny but man it's rough to listen to what was basically like a winnie the pooh like person like character and then we're like uh, like <laughs> there's just so much in my head that's like Whew! okay, wow. That lion is legitimately lifting up her tail and checking into her asshole. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought, okay. So there was, she definitely had the innocence about her voice and like the sweet feminine quality, which like kind of makes, of course innocence. Um, but you know, the slutty bunny, you know, do it like rabbits. That's obviously like where she got that from. Um, but like, um, I thought there was a hardened quality about it. Like very much a world weary quality about, um, how voice? And I thought, like, that was really a fa- I thought she, I thought she and Legoshi were, like, the best cast.
1: Yeah, Legoshi was great. So, just a quick, like, update on the characters. Um, so, we have Legoshi, who's a gray wolf. Haru, who's a dwarf rabbit. There's uh, Louie, which is a red deer. Um, to Americans, we're just going to say that's a deer, that um, the kind that just, like, jump in front of your car. Um. Basically, yeah. That's He's just a common deer, to be honest. Uh, there's Jack, who's a good boy, golden retriever. Oh, he's such a good boy. <laughs> um and then there's uh Bill who's a tiger. Uh Elm Elms? Els, Els and Tells and Thames. Els and Thames, who are both alpacas who are really not super important to any of the plot. They're just kind of like the So uh it's Thames who's murdered in the beginning of the game the game. <laughs> I'm sorry, of the anime. It's just a game too. And um uh there's like and there's a lot of incidental characters. At one point another gray wolf character is introduced. Her name is Juno. To refer to Juno, we just did an episode about Juno. This isn't the same Juno. <laughs> it's
0: episode 7, I believe.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but those are those are your main characters and it's set in a high school and they're all between the ages of high school age. So you've got your youngest at 14, 15 and your oldest at 18.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is um the way I've like kind of summarized it to people who I've been talking uh, about uh, the show to, um, I, uh, my boyfriend was like, what's it about? I've been like looking to watch it because he's like into anime and I was like, it's
1: essentially a high school drama with animals. That's literally like- Yeah, what it is. exactly. It's, it's in the same vein as Oron High School Host Club, but a little bit more- um, Dramatic. Risque. I wouldn't even say like, because there's no real nudity or anything like that. They never show anything. I mean, there's a lot more sexual themes than Oron. Um, maybe more along the lines of, like, a vampire night. Um, uh, the, the only thing is there's, there's a decent amount of blood, but, it, again, this, this all goes back to the idea of, of uh, th- this Zootopia, which is, you know, you have predator versus prey, and in, uh, in Beastars, it's carnivore versus herbivore, or, like, those two coexist at the same time, which is really funny because dogs are omnivores. <laughs> <laughs> ah, basically, everyone's an omnivore, though. Bec- or mas- basically, everyone's either vegetarian or vegan. That's
0: what's really interesting because like, if you think about like animal like a lot of the for simplicity's sake, you know, obviously like there's like the carnivore versus herbivore, but like that is a thought that it also occurred to me. I'm like, what if there's a monkey? They're omnivores.
1: Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's and that's the thing is, so with this story, so the main plot line is that Goshi is a grey wolf who's like in terms of nature versus nurture. So in terms of actual animals, it's all nature. Like, this is how they're they're built. Wolves are uh, pack hunters. Um, you know, the lone wolf is a trope, but it's not really common in the wild. Uh, they attack in groups and, um, you know, they're, they're part scavenger in a sense, but they only strictly eat meat. Bunnies are, like, you know, um, timid. They, they're flitty. They run away very fast. They do have a lot of children. You know, they have big litters of many kids, which, you know, Zootopia touches on. You have uh, Judy's mother and father and her 8,312 brothers and sisters. <laughs> but they don't really like heavy into that. They're just like, oh, go and help your brothers and sisters. And there's just 60,000 kids. And They're you're like, man, they are close? fucking like bunnies. <laughs> that, that's also a children's film. So. It is a children's film, but that did not stop rule 34 from infiltrating it. Oh I'm my sorry. God!
0: Well, no. Have you ever like Have you ever seen the um, the Zootopia pro life comic? Did I show that to you?
1: Um. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and I just I just want to say that it upsets me a lot that it exists. It upsets me a lot that it exists um, because now I'm okay. Zootopia and and B stars because I feel like this is mostly about B stars, but we're gonna talk about Zootopia a little because we're gonna the, have to. Yeah. So B stars deals with I think the the sexual tension of the rabbit and and uh, the wolf. A lot, because what happens is, is Legoshi is going through the the, the nurture part. And Legoshi doesn't want to be a carnivore. He he has to suppress these instincts, and uh, he falls in love with Haru the rabbit, and and it's similar, I would say, to the uh, to the dynamic of Nick and Judy, except if I had to say, which was a hotter dynamic, I'd go with Nick and Judy every fucking time, <laughs> um, and I don't mean to say that, like, Legoshi, but also Legoshi is obviously an 18-year-old who's never touched a person, sorry, an animal, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's high school tension, whereas Nick and Judy are adults. Yeah, no,
0: they're, they're very obviously kids, and even if, um, even if Haru has slept
1: around, you know, she's still a kid, too, so, like,
0: she has Oh, this, yeah, I like, mean,
1: it, sleeping around doesn't necessarily maturity make, it's no. just, it's just Haru's specific way of taking back power. Yeah, which, um, which is, it-,
0: it I I think I, like, I briefly spoke to you about things. We, you guys, we couldn't, we couldn't resist, like,
1: yelling at each other about this. Like, we had to hold back so hard. We went on for 25 minutes about a five-minute chicken scene where this fucking lady is just like, I have the best eggs. And I'm like, there's no human analogy. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, imagine somebody on Etsy selling scarves and just, like, one person that they happen to know wearing it. And they're just, like obsessed with that person. And you're like, can you calm down? And you're like, I made that scarf. I, I mean, probably it exists. It,
0: probably there's, there's no real like equivalent though. Yeah. Um, it was a rough scene to
1: watch though. I, it was a rough cold yeah. open. Uh,
0: yeah, no, it's very much a,
1: uh, there was like a very Brooklyn Nine-Nine style cold open. Yeah, I was I'm like, like SNL has <laughs> had less heavy handed cold opens than that, Jesus. like, Yeah. Um,
0: I saw this as, this whole thing, because, um, as Megan mentioned before, uh, this, uh, the crux of the show was sort of the sexual tension or, like, the sort of adolescent tension between Haru and, um, Legoshi, and I saw Legoshi repressing his sort of instincts and urges as him, like, coming into his, like, like sexual existence like as an adult yeah. like i saw all of this as like a metaphor for like sexual awakening and coming of age and sort of like
1: heavy-handed very. i mean like not a lot about this series is subtle <laughs> you know what i would say surprisingly and i, I know that this is going to obviously receive some flack but it's less heavy-handed than gossip girl i mean gossip girl was like hey so i'm blair i'm played by a 24 year old and i fucked everyone and like <laughs> you're like okay um, where's, like, it's, it's just it's very, I feel like, because, you know, the teen drama is something that Americans are very, very used to. We have Pretty Little Liars, we have Teen Wolf, we have uh, Gossip Girl, we have uh, Riverdale. Riverdale We have <laughs> 70 million shows about teenagers um, I mean, I would say of all of the shows I've ever watched about teenagers and I've watched none of the shows about teenagers but I only watched one, and it was uh, The Act, um, which was not even a, a fictional show, it was about uh, Gypsy, Rose, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, yeah. oh and see, the only reason I felt it was was good it was because it was based on real life. It was kind of embellishing from real life, but it was based in real life, which is why I felt it was more relatable that I watched, and I was like, oh, I know people like this because these are real people. For the rest of these TV shows, these, these teenagers are sexualized in a way that like, uh- I would say twenty somethings are sexualized.
0: One thing that I found one one show, um, and, to, and we'll get back on B Stars in a second, but one American show that I thought handled uh, teenage teenagers and teenage sexuality fairly well was um, the American version of Shameless.
1: I thought they were very realistic. I will, I will definitely agree that Shameless is one of those shows where, and again, it's I think it's based a lot in reality. There's definitely real people based on these characters, and um, it's not meant to be gritty. It's meant to be real because it's, and I think with Beastars, that's one of the great things is, it's the grittiness all comes down to the animalistic intentions of these characters because they're animals at their core. So like you know this there's been you know there's plenty of scenes. There's a scene where. Uh, they're, so spoiler, they're all in the drama club together and that, oh. was, that was a bad choice call for me out. and Hillary to pick out because <laughs> guess what me and Hillary met doing? Drama in 2003 and we've been in like 10 shows together so you're about to get learnt on a lot of shit that we happen to go through and God, when I tell you the drama out. majors I swear to God, drama majors are the horniest group of people you will ever meet in your entire existence. It does not matter what their sexual identity is when they start doing drama; the sexual identity becomes everyone in the department.
0: Megan and I, bond- <laughs> Megan and I bonded because we had crushes on boys that were in the uh, the production
1: we were doing that summer. Absolutely. (laughs) And drama is also one of those things where you, so you'll do a show, you'll do a musical, you'll do a play, you'll do a, a review, a musical review, because at the end of the show they do like the dinosaur dance or whatever. I'm sorry, it's definitely not the dinosaur dance, but I'm just going to call it, lo- it that because that kind of looks great. like the dinosaur dance. Um, but it's it's basically you know like as a club, so a drama club specifically in high school. Now both Hillary and I went to performing arts high schools, so we didn't really have a club so much as it was our major. Um, so much as it was our life. <laughs> so much as we got graded for it at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> so. So like, but it's really amazing because part of the show that that I absolutely adored was, yes, Louie is a deer. And there's no way that, that, you know, I ever went to school with a deer. But I can tell you, I was definitely in a show with a guy who acted just like Louie. Uh
0: yeah, so and was I. We will not name names. No, but no. We there's we're gonna all be of the same person. Yeah, there's <laughs>
1: gonna be no names. There's like we're not here to like you know start ratting out on everyone's secrets in the past with uh with theater and drama and stuff. But uh like there's and there's absolutely a girl like Juno in high school. There was a girl like Juno. She would come in the new the new freshman and be like, and the teacher would go, oh, "You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. You're me when I was young. And you're like I." I don't think she's you. I think she's somebody else. <laughs> uh, there was
0: this there was this one girl in my high school who like she was the only freshman who got cast in the like the mu- school musical. Mm-hmm. The only one. And,
1: and we were all sour. It's like, she's not even that good. And the <laughs> dynamic between Juno and Louis is honestly exactly how your leads always interact. They hate each other. I want to say of the shows I've been in, the leads hate each other. About eighty-five percent of the time,
0: the leads hate each other, and usually the girl kinda wants to do
1: the guy. Like- sometimes, and sometimes it goes the other way. Or what happens is, is it just becomes like so? I was, I was in a. I mean, this isn't too much of a like giving away, but I was in Footloose when I was younger, and Hillary wasn't in this show. And we had, you know, I saw this though. Yes, <laughs> you did. And if you've ever seen Footloose, there's Ren and Ariel, who are your main two characters, and the two people who played them. I remember they sang almost paradise. And then at the end of the song, they had to have this big romantic kiss and we were doing like one of our final dresses and they had this big romantic kiss. And then after it was over, she went, I fucking hate you and left. (laughs) (laughs) And when I tell you, it just is like, it's great. Cause like watching, there's a scene in B stars where Louie is coaching Juno on her dancing. He's like, one, two, three, one, two, three, get it right. Get it right. Like, And it's, Amazing, because there's absolutely so much basis and truth with, I and to be honest, it's written in Japan, and I couldn't have known that this was going to be, like, a universal experience throughout the world, but to know that there are always going to be those, like, lead drama guys who are like, you're not fucking up my show, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: the, the reason it's called, uh, B-Star is, B-Star is sort of this competition, um, uh, and this is relevant to the, their their sort of like
1: dynamic because Juno like tackles and is like I'm gonna be the next B star. Um, yeah, I guess it's like the American Idol of like animals. It's it's like Miss America, I guess, it, or Miss
0: Universe. It's like a Kennedy Theater Award, I think. Like you know, like the Kennedy Center. Like yeah, I, that's I mean, it's not it's not exclusively for theater kids, but it's like the equivalent of like getting one of those. Like <laughs> like that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely something that's probably very competitive. And one of the one of the underlying like plot points is that Louie is a herbivore and they really haven't had a lot of herbivores win. Uh, carnivores normally win because they're just more uh, I guess aggressive with regards to becoming that higher ranking person. And um I'm sorry, B-star. Um, they're not people. Um, it's it's so hard. Sometimes sometimes I forgot to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm you're just- absolutely right. And, uh, and it's really interesting, just with, I think mostly with regards to the dynamic, because Haru and Legoshi, so Haru's not really involved with the drama department at all. Haru's, like, messing around with Louis on the side, um, but Legoshi is your tech guy. And, uh, <laughs> and when I tell you, I was like, did you go into a black box theater at some point and literally talk to anyone who works in tech? Because they all act like that. Like... <laughs> And I don't mean any insult. I'm talking specifically about tech guys in high school where, you know, they just sit in stage blacks and they have the, uh, the, the, the spotlight that they're working and they have the headset in and they're like, go for five. And you're just ready. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a real bad theater joke, guys. You can go ahead and turn off the podcast. <laughs> God.
0: Megan, that was disgraceful.
1: It was. It was so bad. There's a stage manager and the stage manager is actually a Black Panther because they're like completely able to like change the set without having to worry about anything. That's Man, a- there's like so many things that could be beneficial with regards to staging if we were all animals.
0: I Yeah. I mean, like, why aren't
1: we in this world? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Like, let's, 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 these are real questions. But, uh, <laughs> um, um, sorry.
0: Yeah, like, As Megan said, this is not an insult to tech people. Like tech people like run the scene and they're like the reason why. But a few of the guys, a few of the men are a little socially awkward. Like once you're in college and you're doing that, that's, you're aiming to do that for a living and that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're just fucking around in high school,
1: like. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's just something like in the same way, like when you're in high school and you get the lead in the musical and you're like, I'm going to be on Broadway. No, you're not, sweetie. (laughs) Exactly. Like take a breath. Take a breath, Darlo. We've got this, okay? You're not actually the music man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. But the same thing with Legoshi. Like, Legoshi gravitated... Because for, pe- for some people, they do love theater. They love the experience of being in a theater. They love live performance. It's just a really good thing to do. Who doesn't enjoy live performance? Uh, but specifically with regards to uh, social awkwardness... A lot of a lot of people who go to theater still have social awkwardness. It doesn't stop them from uh, enjoying theater or loving it, but they always gravitate towards specifically backstage, your costumes, your props, your lighting, your sound, uh, your set, things like that, yeah. because it's less it's less uh, intense in terms of a stage fright situation.
0: Yeah, and I think the um, the expectation um, because uh, Legoshi is. Uh, He's very, very tall. He is like considered handsome by a lot of girls. Like he is very much like leading man of material and it is, expected that he would be in the, on the actor's team as they call it, which is yeah. like not terminology that you use, but no, like, the <laughs> actor's team, I, <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I There's know. just going to be a lot of laughing because as we talk, I'm going to get a vivid flashback and go, can't talk about that again, Megan.
0: <laughs> no, my God, no, I, there are, we're going to talk about Louie later and he really reminds me
1: of um, two people that I used to know um, well, even so, like, <laughs> even with just Lagoshi's social awkwardness, at one point in this show, they talk about how everyone in theater, like, in the actors team and the and the uh, art team, because that's what they call their stage crew, art team, is that um, they all have these really intense pasts. So, like, for instance, <laughs> uh, the cheetah was a dominatrix. Um, Which uh, is illegal, cheetah- anyway. <laughs> at 14, I mean, to be honest, are we talking in cheetah years? Because, like, maybe maybe the cheetah's, like, 88? I don't know. <laughs> so... that's a nice nice thought megan it is it is she is actually 14 though um and then you have the the giraffe who has like trypophobia and which is i guess supposed to be like like hillary was mentioning this to me it's more more supposed to be like an analogy for body dysmorphia and seeing your body is horrible even if it's not other people see it as beautiful the rhino i can't remember what the rhino did but basically everyone's got a messed up past louis specifically was, and this ties back into the main plot, the main plot, it's that Louis was born and bred to be killed so that he could be eaten on the black market because the black market in Animal Land is other animals. And spoiler, animals sometimes eat animals. I don't know if you noticed that, but if you ever gave your kitten a tuna.
0: In this world, um, it is illegal to eat other animals. Like it is not, the, the herbivores and the carnivores like very tensely, Live side by side, and um, carnivores can't like kill other animals. The only way they're gonna like eat meat, actual meat, is through the black market. Yes. Which a lot of a lot of the meat from the black market is provided from hospitals and funeral homes, as one of the characters says. But sometimes children—this is a metaphor for child trafficking. I, I hated it. I hated it so much. It's it was so, so hard because to it's watch. so
1: hard. It's such a it's a heavy-handed it's heavy handed metaphor. It's it's kinda like like Zootopia was like, We're not touching this, everyone's fine. Don't ask. Like, <laughs> yeah, whereas, the lamb's fine, don't you dare. Like
0: <laughs> Whereas in Beastars, Stars, they like cold open this fucking episode with a bunny, like a little child bunny getting dragged out by an adult
1: carnivore to be eaten. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and <laughs> specifically, I was watching so the opening of the show is is when the the yet unnamed murderer of Thames uh, kills Thames and eats Thames. And uh, and I I was like, I started watching the show and I'm like, so is the murder rate just like real high in this country? <laughs> 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 like, I like bacon sometimes. I would not kill a pig, but like, I, I mean, th- it, I also don't have like incisors that are really, really sharp. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I can't imagine just the equivalent of, like, Robin Hood, like, King, like, you know, like, King John being like, you know what, I'm just gonna eat egg sandwiches for the rest of my life. It's, it's so,
0: um, it's so interesting, because, like, they do actually acknowledge in-universe that, um, that carnivores do eat meat, and that, like, they're, these are, like, sentient I mean like there's a this goes into a whole vegan argument of like are animals actually sentient do they have feelings you know
1: like et cetera and I don't want to get into that but I mean you know what it's actually this ties back into uh, a previous episode Hannibal yeah uh, where. Hannibal the Cannibal ate other people, not so much out of like, the taste was delicious, but more about like, you know, it was a power play. And I think with with Beastars, it's not so much of a, well, it was, it's not that he didn't eat people because uh, it was a power play, it was that he didn't respect them as humans, he saw them as meat. And I think that exact same logic applies with Beastars. It's that it's it's hard for a lot of carnivores specifically to eat meat because they they humanize the, the other meats they humanize lamb they humanize bunny because well but animal I don't know there's a word <laughs> I got you and and they and they associate these traits and these personalities with their friends so like for instance on the actors team you have a zebra and you have a lion sorry not a lion you have a zebra and a tiger who um and, and a deer and they're all part of the same team and it's not that they um really ever cross a barrier where it's you know like that they'll ever really uh i I was gonna say fetishize because i guess fetishize is the correct word because that's what they're going for they're going for that you know herbivores are a fetish in the sense that they're delicious
0: (laughs) they're just so yummy well they touch on they touch on the fetishization of herbivores later um when um uh, Legoshi is um, with Gohen in his like home and he gives her like, he gives him like the nudie mag and
1: is like, I, do you have a weird fetish? I <laughs> loved that character. So oh, I was he just was calling great. him Panda for like the entire show. And then he keeps saying his name and I'm like, yes, Panda, exactly.
0: He <laughs> um, was like one of my favorite, I think Haru was actually my
1: favorite character, but he was one of my favorite characters. For me, I'd probably say him first, uh, because he's just got this personality of like, like when he's like, "Yeah, I just eat a lot of bamboo and I work out a lot," and I'm like, "Man, I love you so much. You're so adorable. I hope your species doesn't go extinct." Like- yeah, he's such a heart. He's such a hard ass. I'm like, it's. Um, I think it's, it's it's somebody, like, within the community calling themselves out. Like, that's what, I think that's what the purpose of his character serves, is as, like, a, a point to call out other carnivores, like, in the same way, like, men should be calling out men if they see their friends doing abusive shit, you know?
0: Um, he is very much, um, he's, uh, as well as the metaphor of coming into uh, one's own sexuality, the black market is obviously, like, drugs. And, yes. um, you know, uh, he's like the ultimate drug counselor
1: counselor. He's like a rehab guy. Yeah. And that's, and it's so crazy is, is that comes across so very well. And I think part of it has to do, part of it has to do with the voice acting, because yeah. again, I, I just have to go back to the fact that these, pe- th- these actors that were chosen were like, great. I looked up every actor cause I'm like, I know this voice. I know that voice. And instead I only knew like one voice and I was just like, like the guy that got to play Jack. Now, no, was he a Paul F. Tompkins, Mister Peanut Butter kind of golden retriever? No, but I'd say he was like his younger nephew. <laughs> he
0: was, he was his younger nephew, and he's the thing is, Jack is not as much of a bastard
1: as Mister Peanut Butter is. So, I like, know. but, but we can always find out in the future. There are two hundred chapters, girl. We got hope. <laughs> That's the only comparison I have to BoJack, though, is Mr. Peanut Butter to Jack, uh, because they're basically, in terms of like, their characterization as a golden retriever, which is the goodest of boys, um, is that is that they are very like innocent, nice, on the surface, I mean, characters. And I think Jack, however, is just way like, Hits that trope a hundred and ten percent. He's like, he takes care of his beetle, and like when he finds Lagoshi's porn, he's like, I just, I think, like, like, like you know. Oh
0: my god! Oh god! Um, the actually speaking of, um, if we're gonna go on a, like a little bit of a BoJack train with this, um, they tackle the subject of meat in BoJack. Do you remember that? Where the was chicken was this in the newest
1: season? Um, no,
0: this is one of the early seasons.
1: Um, I.
0: They um, go to a chicken farm where um, the yes, chickens are I bred remember to be not sentient, like to be
1: essentially brain dead. So, yes. which is fucked.
0: Oh, it's so that was dark. very
1: rough. <laughs> but I like the way that Bojack specifically handled it because they didn't ignore it as a as a as a thing that obviously exists in this world because this world has humans and animals that coexist in in anthropomorphic forms uh and the idea of specifically that that chicken farm was like really intense and i think it's got this it's got a different obviously the the the, the skew of it is different it was more about that those chickens were raised specifically um with like with the idea of, of of the way we raise chickens in in uh factory farms you know mhm they yeah. that they're crammed into cages they're you know unable to grow and i think because in bojack the animals have a, a larger brain capacity it's it, it also affects the, the way that they function in terms of their thought processes as well and whereas with beastars it's it's less about that i mean and it's more about it's more it's less on uh the idea of inhumane living conditions and more on the idea of sex trafficking children specifically
0: yeah that is the that is like definitely that was hard for me that was like that's a very like sore sensitive subject for me it's just like like, my you ever have like that hard no? Like, yeah, for... yeah,
1: and I think I think that's fair. And I think, uh, and I think specifically with regards to the lions being the head of like the, the shishigumi or whatever, shimigumi or whatever, shishigumi, yeah, shishigumi, there we go. Um, the lions being the ha- which I'm just gonna call the mafia for the time being no honestly they are they're yeah they're- <laughs> and I can tell you that I was getting really angry not just because of like the things they were doing but I'm like these haircuts are stupid why are these the only animals that have hair and then about 25 minutes into the last episode I went oh they have manes that was like a real bad realization for me. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we've got to reevaluate this friendship. Um, no, I'm
0: just, I, it's just like, I, I kind of got that. Like with-
1: you know? I literally didn't. I'm like, his hair is stupid. I don't like it. Why does his, why does he have hair and Legoshi? Oh, he's got a mane. Oh, God damn it. Um, yeah. I, I love the mayor lion specifically because honestly, he's horrifying. He's horrifying in a way that if, if a lion came up to me with human teeth, and a ponytail, I'd scream, shit my pants, and run away.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the
1: the the idea of the I mean, like it's a very classic trope, the crooked mayor, you know. Um, oh yeah, somebody who's on the on the bad side, but portrays this nice guy. And but you know what's so funny? Zootopia also had a mayor that was a lion interesting yeah jk simmons played him perfect love loved him he was great and what happens mean is j jonah jameson <laughs> i mean j jonah jameson and what happened with his character is that he was framed specifically for these evil acts and um of of, in, of uh, making carnival making predators specifically is what they the word they use go savage and he was doing it in an attempt to like gain a coup of control of predators and you know Quick spoiler, but he's not the guilty part. Um, he's not the guilty party, and it's more about moral ambiguity. That's what Zootopia more so deals with: is moral ambiguity. You can't decide if someone is a good person or a bad person based solely on one descriptive descriptive factor like a predator or a prey. And uh, that, I mean, and that's what's so lovely is all of these TV shows, movies, BoJack, B Stars, um, Robin Hood. Uh, Zootopia, they all deal with this same idea of humanized animals, anthropomorphic animals, who coexist in a world together. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all have different kinds of, uh, I guess, uh, subplots or, or substories in addition to what the top, like the, the, you know, the top layer story is. Because the top layer story of Beastars is, at its core, it's a relationship between a predator and a prey. Uh, More so than anything else in in terms of uh, like, you know, Robin Hood, Zootopia, or uh, BoJack. And it deals with the consequences of having a, a relationship like that. And it deals more heavily specifically with interpersonal relationships and sexuality a lot. Uh, whereas if Zootopia did that, they'd be like, this is the Disney company. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yes, uh, but, uh, but Paru can do whatever the hell she wants. Yes. Paru yeah. can wear a chicken head in public and not show her face. And <sighs> we're just like, I agree. I fucking love her. She's so good. Good good on you. <laughs> and and the, the craziest thing is is that I went into this going, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be stupid. I'm going to shit all over it. And then at the end of 12 episodes, I'm like, where is Louie and why didn't I get closure? And who is the person that fucking Lego she is talking to in the yeah, end? Exactly. I'm literally like, they're going to show the face. They're going to show the face. They're going to, they didn't show Black. the face. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. It's been a long time since I've watched an anime and been like, that was objectively good. Okay. And it's been never since I've watched an anime with animals, like, like, a, like, like a furry, st- like a furry cast and been like, yeah, this was perfect. But I, I mean, I will, I will fully admit that this, uh, this definitely changed my mind about uh, using furry characters, anthropomorphic characters, as a plot device and as your ca- as, and as your cast because they do it. They, I think they, they they've, they've by by creating your animal cast, it's it's created a much stronger story. I think.
0: No, yo yeah, no, absolutely. Like I think um, through an, uh I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make this point and then pivot to like something we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, I think that as with Robin Hood through. Once you get the element of human bias out of the way, you know, like, because we, because human beings are like, trained through society's wrongs and evils to like see a certain type of human being and make a judgment automatically and that colors their perception of the story. So when you eliminate that, it's just like, this is a chicken, this is a blah, blah, blah. Um, chicken was the first one that came to mind and now I'm thinking about that cold open. <laughs> um, once you, once you eliminate the human aspect of it and like have it be like all animals, you can get to the core of the story faster, the moral, the lessons, all of that.
1: Absolutely. And, um, we haven't talked about the animation, which is incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's it's the CGI animation hybrid that uh, I have not seen before. uh, Personally, I will say that it's something that's, it's, it's interesting to watch. It's, it's, it's just a, it's something that your eyes really are drawn to. That's why you want to watch it in English. If that's your native language, because you're not going to want to focus on the subtitles. You really want to see everything that's being done on screen because it's just so well animated and i got to admit that that opening song and scene with uh with the stop motion animation is so heavy fantastic mr fox like in terms of the actual style like I am not going to lie I saw it and I was like this is the Mrs. Fantastic Mr. Fox and I love it so much Yeah um I saw um I looked up the
0: TV tropes for this and um because that's automatically what I do when I finish something of course <laughs> And um a lot there's a lot of like there's a lot of like debate in the like um and the like, your mileage may vary, and like the sort of like community sections of it, a lot of people wish the show had been animated in that, or at least parts of the show had been animated in that stop motion animation. Like it would have made for like something interesting. But I think I prefer the drawn and
1: CGI animation. I will agree. I think if you're gonna do a movie, of Beastars, like, you know, like, in the closing, like, you know, if there's, if, like, let's say they get to four seasons and they decide to end it after four seasons and do a film, I would, I would say, do that stop motion animation for the film. It would be perfect. I think it would look great, Um, but, that's also because i'm a i'm i'm heavy into stop-motion animation regardless i was raised on nightmare before christmas and and you know fantastic mr fox was one of my favorite role doll books and and there's just like a whole lot with stop motion that i think is is just such a high art form not to say that anime itself isn't a high art form and this this animation itself is very high art but i think that by by doing an entire film in stop motion god i'd watch i'd watch it over and over again
0: yeah i think that if they um if they incorporated elements from that opening because it's it's too good to waste on like oh, yeah. just the opening especially like the little the little swing dance like it's amazing so good it's
1: so good ah <laughs> uh, all right but it's just I, I mean just just in general i and i've watched you know a couple of new animes here and there Usually I don't get past the first episode because I'm just like, I don't really care that much. Um, yeah, but I, I found myself clicking on to the next episode and like every single, every single time. I got through this in two days. I could not believe it. I haven't gotten through an, an anime of anything that quickly since 2009. <laughs> so I was like, man, this is great. And it's just, it's something that I'm like super looking forward to the next season. I'm, I'm not going to read the manga personally because I'm, uh, I have a child on the way and I can't afford that right now, (laughs) but I'm very much looking forward to next season. You need to get your, you need to get your
0: sleep um, whenever you can. Okay. So what do we think to sort of like, I want to touch on a few more things before we end this episode. Maybe we'll do like about like 10 more minutes or something like that. But um, what do we think is going to happen next season? what do we think? I have to
1: assume Louis is absolutely not dead because if he was he would have died on, on scene on uh on uh on camera yeah and um I think that if the the character that Lagoshi is talking to if I had to guess as to who he's talking to I couldn't um, I don't think it's anyone we've met before personally. Uh, yeah. if it if it was Bill, I think we'd know it would be Bill. Oh, yeah, no, cause Bill is
0: so much um Bill has so much bravado and he already had his blood arc. and like,
1: yeah, um so I think that's gonna be just a new character or it may have been a background character that we never really got fully introduced to. Exactly. Like,
0: we may have seen them before and they may have had one or two lines, exactly. But like, Um, I'm I'm like dying to know. I'd like because I love stuff like that. Like it's uh, it's it's like one of my favorite ways to close off, like episodes or seasons, like leaving it on a cliffhanger like that. I also agree with you. Um, we had talked about this. Um, for for context, everyone, Uh, we had talked about this over text message. Um, earlier this week, Mm -hmm. that we think Juno is being set up to be a villain. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. Okay. My official position. I fucking hate her. I can't stand her. I like. I'm sorry. I know it's unfeminist of me. I don't care. <laughs> she's annoying as fuck.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's she's a wolf, and, and you know, so you could just be like, it's 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 you know, it's maybe it's just like that that, that killer instinct that she has. I don't that Legoshi doesn't. She's but she's got this like. Uh,
0: she just reminds me of those. um She reminds me of those girls I went to junior high school with who were like fake nice to you and then like stabbed you in the back. And like, she's like, I'm so sweet and I'm so nice. And I did this nice thing for you. You're a fucking
1: bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is I love a mean girl trope uh, speaking. I mean, I love mean girls in general, the the movie. Um, And she's definitely got that Katie Heron vibe. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, Uh, uh,
0: Katie Heron. She's got more of
1: a Regina George vibe, I think. No, Regina George is the Queen Bee. There's no way that, uh, Juno doesn't believe she's Queen, like, Juno is is getting there, she's a freshman still, oh, so she's true, got that yeah. naivete of uh, of Katie, but like, you know in the same way throughout the the movie that Katie gets like more incensed and more like, bravado-esque, uh, and she eventually takes over for Regina, that's basically it. It's going to be her transformation oh. from Katie at the beginning of the school year to... Uh, like you know, Katie pushing Regina in front of a bus, except you know she's gonna really push Regina in front of a bus. <laughs> and I, but that's the thing is, I love, I, I mean, is she a, is she a nice character? No, she's not. She's, she's kind of. It's weird. I I personally never like uh, girl characters that are like, why don't you love me, Lagoshi? And I'm like, why do you like him? He looks like a fucking Frankenstein. Calm down, girl. What better for yourself? There is a tiger on the team. Go fuck him. <laughs> like, girl? Girl, did you see Bill? He's 250. Go do him. a 110 pounds soaking wet. Let's is, go. Get out of yeah. here.
0: Bill is like 250 of solid muscle, and probably I like half of that is dick, so go. I'm, <laughs> like- I mean, and to be honest,
1: he's a terrible actor, but it's fine. You'll never have to worry about him stealing the lead from you. You He's, know he won't be faking. He uh, won't be because honestly, it's garbage. His performance, man. I'm surprised that pelican didn't beak the shit out of him. Just like peck him in the eyes like like with like, his what, what beak. Is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is this?
0: Oh man. I think oh. I, th- I think Juno is being set up to be some sort of villain and like I guess I get the I think I just I think her voice acting like the the voice acting annoys me. I don't know why. There's something about it that's like simperingly sweet and like it just I
1: <laughs> I mean, if there's a if there's a character that I'm gonna hate, it's gonna be Haru because Haru has bunny eyes. I mean, in the same way that I don't like the mayor because the mayor looks like a nightmare creature, uh, Haru also looks like a nightmare creature. She really uh, doesn't, though. <laughs> I I mean, in your opinion, she doesn't, but in mine, she absolutely does. When she's like, "Hi, Magoshi, can we just do it or whatever the, whatever her little like weird squeaky voices? I just there's just a lot of me that's uncomfortable with her eyes. Her eyes have, like, there's no, there's no pupil, like, they're bunny eyes, they're literally, like, rabbit eyes, and I'm just like, because the other one, the harlequin rabbit, has, like, cornea that you can see, and there's, like, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of expression that is given in her eyes, whereas Haru basically always has the same, like, you know, blank bunny stare, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is scary for me. Um, I'm gonna go, don't follow me. I don't like you. Um. I like how this is our fundamental disagreement. This is our, like, I'm, our I, one disagreement just, in this. It's just dead eyes. Is she a good character? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do I like the way she looks? No. But I mean, in the same way, like, plenty of people will be like, I don't like you. And you'll be like, why? And they'll be like, I don't like the way you look. And you're like, okay. Um.
0: Exactly. For me, the, char- the character design doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't know why. I like, I think it's cute. Like it's, um, I, the when she gets all sexy, it's gross and weird.
1: But like, I, ugh, yeah, I, okay. And I think her sexuality is such a heavy part of her character that's that like, I'm like, that's and it's, 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 I definitely know people like that to be like, you know, this, this, you know, I'm going to present one way to the, to, to, to like most of my classmates and then behind closed doors, I am just gonna do some shit and you're just gonna like, you know, suck a dick or whatever and you'll be like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs>
0: I, um, yeah, I know I, um, I definitely think that she, um, those, those two sides of her personality, like, it really works for me, I don't know, I like, I like the fact that she's kind of a lost character, and that she's, like, kind of an underdog, and the fact that she, like, wrestles with, um, because it's the whole thing of liking someone you shouldn't, Like, the whole, like, I have been in that position before where I have, like, liked someone that I really shouldn't have, and it was just, like, there was kind of a possibility, but not really... And I was just like, no, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this. Like, I mean, nothing as high stakes as the other person was going to
1: eat me, but like. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the reason I don't like her is because like, man, oh man, I just wish that, like, like, you know, she's 18. She says it herself, like at at some point throughout the show or twice. Um, And so an 18 year old is able to, like, I'm not gonna feel weird about the sexualization of an 18 year old because I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't having sex at 18, but uh, you know, it's something that like, like, I love watching a strong a woman who feels strong in their sexuality. Like, yeah, I'm going to suck a dick because I want to suck a dick because I can suck a dick. And not because I'm a slut or a whore, but because I want to do this because I genuinely enjoy the this for me. And, um, like, I get off on the power or whatever. Like, there's yeah. just something about it. And Haru, like, I, I feel like Haru needs to explain loudly, like, I get off on the power. And I'm like, okay, like, you're fine. Like, I don't. I'm not questioning your, your motivations. It's just not coming across to me so fully, because I feel like a lot of it, the way it's written, is that guys make out with her or, like, ask her if they can fuck, and she's like, okay. And I'm like I, – and, I mean, listen, we've all been there. We've all had terrible lays or, you know, bad mistakes or or one-night stands that we, you know, shudder thinking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's – I think it's something that, you know uh, – I. It's it's a building block of your personality and if it if it, if it is a part of your personality or if it's a part of your of your you know who you identify as if you identify as a very sexually per, like a very sexually oriented person and like i love women who own their sexuality i love women who are like i'm going to dress like i'm going to dress i want to wear a low cut shirt i'm going to wear a short skirt and i don't care if anyone hits on me i'm dressing like this for myself and i love that kind of stuff i like i agree with you with the idea of child trafficking i just think the idea of like sexualizing a bunny is, is pretty normal. Like, you know, playboy bunnies existed since the fifties. Um, but I wish she had this strength besides that one scene where she's yelling at the Harlequin bunny, like the Harlequin bunny was like beating her ass in a way that you're like, okay, calm down. He doesn't like you anymore. (laughs) It's like, it's okay. But that's, I think that's my biggest issue is that she's written to love sex. And yet I look at her and I'm like, are we convinced, sweetie? Like, I feel I, like yeah. you don't, it's okay if you don't, just don't try to convince me. Like you, if you like it, you like it, you know?
0: I think that's most unfortunate because I think that, um, that yeah, obviously that's a flaw in the writing as opposed to like a flaw in the, cause you see the potential in the character itself had
1: they had the, um, had well, I, I mean that's a realistic like, person there's definitely people who are like who use sex as a coping mechanism right. and they say oh no I'm I'm sexually I'm, I'm sexually empowered and then they're using it as a way to to you know to try and like walk, like in the same way people would use anything that's a, an addiction tool like uh, alcohol drugs food what have you well
0: again we get the kind of uh, exactly yeah we get the kind of like forced awkward exposition when she's writing a will in her head when she's about to die which is like the Ugh, it's so it's so clunky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, then, and then with the fucking lion, she's like, "I wrote a will in my head," and I'm like, "You could have fooled the audience. We thought you had a room."
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: When she's like.
0: Uh, it's kind of a weak explanation where she's sort of like, my mother was like, I, you have to fear everything. And once I fucked that dude, like I didn't feel like I feared
1: anything. And like. Yeah, um, you're you're absolutely right. They could have, I think she, I think it could have been handled in a way that if you're either gonna have her sexually empowered, make her sexually empowered, or if she's using sex as a coping device to deal with how weak she feels all the time, Make it a strong statement, make it feel like the only, like, like she says it, but I just don't believe, like, like, and that, and that comes down to the writing. It has to come across in every scene that, you know, she's using her sexuality as a way to cope with how she feels on the daily. Yeah, I think, I think I like her so much as a
0: character because I see the potential in her, and like that's, and I hope that's, like, developed further because we see her in the last scene of the last episode of the first season being assertive and being like, basically like, fuck you, Legoshi, <laughs> and like, him being I mean, like, what? <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm I very excited to see what happens to their relationship in the new season. Um, I know it's not going to be out for probably a little bit, but yeah. uh, I'm very excited in general. I In terms of guesses, I know that the manga, I can easily like take large guesses and find out from what's in the manga to find out what's going on next season. Uh, this isn't like, you know, uh, an American, like, you know, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you couldn't have predicted what was coming in the next movie. Uh, or or uh, what I wanna talk about uh, within the next few days is The Boys, um, but and which is not based on, it's based on the comic, barely. So with, with uh, Beastars, it's more heavily influenced by the manga. So you would be able to take large guesses and probably at least get a few of them, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: I think that um, for this, um, usually for me, I like, I'm here to like spoil myself. Like I, I like to spoil myself. I don't know why. Like, it's just like, it gets, I get comforted by knowing what's going to happen next. But for
1: this, I want to be completely in the dark. I very much want to be surprised. I'm I'm going to tell you that I do not like being spoiled because I used to, I used to have the exact same personality. And then one day on Reddit, I read it, what happened in one of the seasons of Game of Thrones that like season seven or something. And all the stuff that happened, I was like, oh, it didn't happen. And then it happened in the last episode. And I was like, Ah, oh, damn it. I was really happy that it didn't happen. Like... <laughs> so, and I've also, I've had the, I had the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3 spoiled to me in a YouTube comment, and I looked at Mike, and I was like, hey, this didn't happen. And then six and a half seconds after I said that sentence, the thing happened, and I was like, fucking, but, <laughs> <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. So now, I don't, like, look up anything, and I... I mean, listen, if you want to come over here and, like, listen to us talk about stuff that is already aired, absolutely, come on over. Um, like, it, you know, we're excited to have you. Um, but if you want, you know, uh, us to spoil things that have not yet been released because we're researching all that stuff, no, no. We'll just take large, wide guesses that it will mostly be incorrect. Yeah, exactly.
0: And with that, um since we are we are getting very close to an hour. Yeah. And, which is insane. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought that talking about this furry anime would take nearly an hour?
1: It's um, a good one. So check it out, guys.
0: Uh, thank you guys so much. Um the next episode we record will likely be Umbrella Academy. That will be spoiler central, so like feel free absolutely. to skip that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Feel free to skip that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.